What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, it's Monique. Welcome to the podcast or welcome back. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast, episode 190. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. I also love to share overall wellness topics and vegan entrepreneurship because this is truly a lifestyle. It's so much more than food. Be sure to come hang out with me on YouTube and Instagram. I'm Brown Vegan on both of those platforms. So yes, I hope you're having an amazing day. I am still in my bonnet (laughs) trying to knock out some of the intros for these episodes, sipping on some tea, trying to get, I feel like I'm still trying to wake up, even though I've been up for a few hours. (laughs) Y'all know how that is. Anyway, I have a conversation for you today. I have David Quarles on the show. You guys probably know David from Instagram. He is so fun, so lively, love his content on Instagram. So of course, you know, in our conversation, not only are we talking about how he's able to create, I love how he gives us a behind the scenes of that, create his content for Instagram. We we also talk about his vegan journey, some of his go-to meals, how he makes tofu delicious, because I know tofu is a big barrier for a lot of people, his love of mocktails, and the importance of stepping into your greatness and how he was able to do that for his own life. David is an interior designer. Also, he has a jewelry line. I'll make sure that I link that in the show notes for you as well. We just had a really good conversation. And David is all about freedom, happiness, and joy in everything that he does. Get the show notes, of course, and everything we mentioned in this episode at brownvegan.com. And before we get into the episode, I want to shout out this week's five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Shout out to everybody who leaves the reviews on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate you guys. And this five-star review, it's from Nina B 81 And she says, I'm listening to the show for the first time and I love it. I was able to catch episode 158 where Monique is discussing her relationship with finances. I'm a 40-year-old Black woman who hasn't been the most responsible when it comes to finances. So her transparency is exactly what I needed. I'm on a path to holistic living and I want both my body and finances to be in order. Thanks, Monique. Yes, Nia, thank you so much for that review. If you are enjoying the show, make sure that you go to Apple Podcasts, search Brown Vegan, scroll down, tap five stars and leave your review. Let me know what you think of the show, what future guests you would like to have, what episodes you're enjoying so far. I really appreciate it. It allows me to find out what's working, what you guys are enjoying so I can do more of those things. So yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation with David. 
So I decided to become vegan, one, because like, and just like a little bit of background, I was cooking a dish that like is traditionally part of, of culture, like one part of my culture, at least. And so it's stew chicken. And I cooked it one night, was excited, ready. And then not to be too graphic, but a piece of like the chicken fat popped in my mouth. And I'd already been feeling like, you know, meat was maybe the culprit of some of my weird feelings, like as far as like digestion and everything. And I just couldn't anymore. I completely removed it. Ended up going back maybe three weeks later because I was like, oh, I should be good. You know, like I'm feeling good now. We're all right since I'd like completely removed animal protein. And then I decided to eat some curry goat and I'm like, why in the world did I do that? And so ended up, that was like the worst week of my life after that. And after then, I just decided, you know what? I want to fully enjoy my food because, I mean, you've seen how much I cook. So I was like, if it's a health concern, let me go ahead and take care of my body. My body told me I didn't need it anymore. And then I started removing like all dairy, anything completely from my system and been good ever since. Wow. So when you mentioned the food as far as like growing up, right? How was your lifestyle then? How did food look for you as a kid? Oh, so yeah, growing up, food for me was, I will say this, food has always been something to enjoy. It's always been something that is to be enjoyed with our family. So it was always a moment, almost an event. And uh, the food, I mean, typical, especially of the South, but for us, it was like red beans and rice, fried chicken, a lot of vegetables still. So I wasn't like foreign to it. I always wanted my vegetables over like meat anyway, when I was little. So maybe that was like a, a like indicator, but <laughs> I, I mean, we would always do like steak and just, I guess a typical Southern menu, but just like with mm-hmm. a little bit of Caribbean and Creole twist. So it was always plentiful. I will say that. <laughs> and we often experienced the itis. So, yeah, <laughs> of course, <laughs> that's the only way to get it. Let me ask you this. Did you always have a desire to cook, though? Because I noticed that for some people, they when they decide to go vegan, it's kind of like you don't really have a choice but to learn how to cook somewhat when you become a vegan. So was this always a part of your journey or did you just decide to do it once you decided to change your life? I would say for me, cooking, I have had a long history with it. And it's only because my mom or as like on on social media, specifically Instagram, like She's known as management, but one day I mentioned to her like, Hey, you know what? I'm hungry. And she just grabbed my hands. It was when I was 11. I remember this. She grabbed my hands, looked at them. She was like, well, they don't seem to be broken. And then she took my (laughs) hands and guided me to the kitchen. And she was like, cook something that you've watched me cook because you're always in the kitchen anyway. And this is your introduction to cooking your own food. So that's how I learned to cook. My first dish was spaghetti. It passed the test. It was enough seasoning and everything. But yeah, and since then, like I have, I guess, too, in the past, like competed in men's physique. And so meal prep was always a thing. And I had to do the meal prep anyway because it was so strict and it was specific to I guess my goals and not what like the rest of the house was eating. So I've been cooking since I will say 11 and like really putting it into practice though, when I was doing fitness competitions. And so it just kind of came natural. I thought I was going to get a break, but in Memphis, there's not necessarily a priority for vegan food. So here I am in the kitchen again. I can see that. Oh, first of all, I had no idea that you used to compete. So that's what you were doing. You were competing. Okay. So, (laughs) wow. That's (laughs) 
<laughs> you are somebody who is full of like, I feel like surprises. You have like five different lives, previous <laughs> lives, and always <laughs> feels like you're growing and reinventing yourself, which is a good thing, right? So how, how long did you do that? Oh, I would say so like starting back, I, my health has always been a priority. And like when I graduated from college or basically in high school, I will say this, I was 296 pounds. Mm. And so for me, I personally wasn't comfortable in my skin just because I knew that there were some health issues that were in the family that were related to weight as far as like diabetes. And we have like a whole list, a laundry list of things in our family. I guess now a little bit more and more families do, but I decided that if I were going to inherit anything that, you know, like would happen as far as my health, then I would try to give it the best system to fight in. And so Mm -hmm. I took my health, I took charge of my health and decided that, you know what, I want to lose the weight for me, for my body, for me to feel good. And then I decided to take it a step further and like reward myself and be like, hey, I wonder if I can do this. So right after college, I started training to compete. And I did, what was that, from 2011 to 2014, ending or opening up and ending my career in 2014 as a men's physique competitor because I'll say 2015, but it it lasted just a little bit. But then it was super strict and I enjoy food a little bit too much. And for Mm -hmm. me to have to like, you know, like portion out everything so strict, I decided to give that up and just continue to enjoy life as I wanted to experience it. Not knocking them, but I just didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. I did it and I'm finished. Yeah, but you know what's interesting? People feel like that about vegan life though. They're like, okay, this is too restrictive. How am I going to be able to make this a lifestyle? Mm -hmm. So for you, did you run into any moments that you were kind of like, even though, of course, health is a priority for you, did you run into those moments where you were kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to really be able to enjoy my food the same way? Did you have that concern? What, as a as a vegan, maybe? Yeah, when you transition, when you first transition. No, I will say this just because when I was getting sick, when I was eating animal protein, it was literally the feeling of like, and I, once again, not to be too like, No, you can say whatever you want to. It's fine. But, you know, like the feeling that you get when you, when your sinus is draining, Mm -hmm. that nauseous feeling, that's what I would get every time that I ate. And so like with a bit of discovery, I decided, or like going to the doctor too, they were like, well, why not take meat out of your diet and see what happens? And so it was almost that I started, not almost, is that I started feeling better and enjoying my food again once I went vegan. So for me, it was kind of like, me saving my palate because I was like, I I can't do this. I don't like food anymore. And maybe competing had something to do with it as well, because I was for every meal and for five meals a day, I was eating eight to 10 ounces of animal protein. So that, that was way too much for just going back and think about it now. And I know. So for me, veganism was kind of like saving my, my life and saving my love for food because now it's like a, a whole new world. Absolutely. I love that so much. So you're like always cooking because we see that on your Instagram. (laughs) What are some of your go-to? What are some of the quick meals? Because you're very busy. So what do you enjoy um, to put together for a quick meal? I would say anything that can fit in a bowl. So I'm very much a bowl person. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I promise you, I feel like I've acquired so many like pretty bowls just because I'm like, well, if I'm going to eat this food, I want to like love how it looks and what it's inside as well. But anyway, so for me, I would say a go-to is brown rice or jasmine rice topped with kale 
any extra vegetables like tomatoes, bell peppers. I do have a love for tofu now because I know how to cook it. Before, that was like my only hang up. I was like, why am I cooking doorstop? But (laughs) 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 that's how it felt. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I've had it the wrong way. And so I just started seasoning it like I would, you know, like with any jerk seasoning or any seasoning that I would put on animal protein that, of course, didn't like have any animal byproducts. And so, yeah, if I can put anything in a bowl or you know, like dump it into some Tupperware and have it on the go, that's what I do. But I think kale is like my, my savior. Like I love, 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 love because you can get full and it's full of nutrients and then top that with well, hot sauce has to be involved too. But anyway, so <laughs> kale. You're so southern with this hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> that's my thing. Yeah. Okay. You got to give us some tips on how you prepare your tofu because you're absolutely right. A lot of people are like, okay, that's one thing I'm not eating. And it's because they haven't had it right. You know, yeah. they just, they don't know that it takes, you know, a little bit of effort <laughs> to get the tofu right. So what do you do typically? There you go. You got to show it just a little bit of extra love. So one thing I watch the tofu that I buy. So I will buy, and this is either from Sprouts or from, what is this? Trader Joe's. And I will get like the super firm or the extra firm with the higher protein. And then I get it pressed so that it is already ready to cook because that's one thing, you know, like time is of the essence and I don't have time to be sitting there pressing and forget about it and wonder why I have like the flattest tofu on my countertop and what is all this water on my floor? So (laughs) that's step one. Step two, then I will marinate it a little bit and it would be like in liquid aminos, but not too much because even that can be high in sodium. But then I season it. I do. I will put like a little bit of, there's like this cracked salt that has, what do you call this, red wine in it. So that's a plus. But any seasoning that has like, because I'm sodium sensitive as well. And so I'll pick like badia or like any tropical seasoning and just put it on there and I will saute it, saute it with like any type of onions, bell peppers, or I will put it in the air fryer because we do have one restaurant here and they do, so like my indulgence is the vegan hot wings. And mm-hmm. the way that they cook it, it's like air fried and then you put it into like the hot sauce and everything like that. So that's my indulgence. But on the regular, I just saute it or put it in the air fryer. Oh my goodness. I love it. Yeah, I love tofu too. It just makes everything right. It's so filling. It's good for you. I love it. So, yeah. Okay. We got to talk about these mocktails because every Monday you are like on a schedule, David. Every Monday I know that if I go to your page, it's going to be some fun. It's going to be some dancing and we're going to have a drink. So what inspired you to start in that way? As far as starting your series of mocktails, are you somebody who always been into mocktails or as you started to make sure that your health is right? that was kind of like the priority or you like the social drink? Like, what does that all look like for you? Yeah. So the mocktail started in January because I was like, you know what? And just this January. So I guess to back up a little bit, because I feel like there's always a story to a story. Long ago, I ended up getting my bartender's license because of the job that I had at the time. I did not know if I was going to last because I really didn't like it. It was on phones doing customer service. I'm just not that person to be on the phone all the time. And so I was like, well, let me get a good backup. And, you know, I always had that practice. It was fun. My sister even used to bartend. So it was always something. And especially like growing up with my dad being a musician, being in bars, it's always been like an interest like, ooh, what all do they listen to? And they seem fun. And look at them throw that. So I've always loved that. But then in January, I did 
like try to do dry January. And I was like, you know what? Let me see what it's about. Because I was noticing that being vegan, I started becoming a super lightweight. And I noticed like my productivity going lower and like, my energy. And for me, again, time is money. So if I'm sitting there sleeping when I know I should be up, but it's because I have alcohol in my system, not necessarily inebriated, but still feel it, then it's not serving me a good purpose. And like, so what I do now from Monday till Friday, maybe at five, I do not drink alcohol just because those are working days for me. I function better. And so I was like, well, mocktails don't have to necessarily be boring. Like they mm-hmm. are just you know, fancy juice, as some people call it. And there was a mocktail competition locally. And I was noticing that they were kind of using the same ingredients. And I, even though I appreciated the effort, it was like, well, there, there should be more to this, like a whole lot more. Don't just, you know, do it to have a, a check mark saying that mocktails are made. So then I was like, whenever there's, you know, a need, I want to fill it. And since I was interested in mocktails and still having the same experience, boom, mocktail Mondays happen. And then one of the brands reached out and they were like, hey, what if we sponsored your, you know, like weekly or biweekly now mocktail Mondays? And I told them, well, let's let's do this. Let's um, do it. Yeah. Okay. So now I have mm-hmm. brand sponsors, which is Ritual Zero Proof, which I love it. They're like, enjoy the ritual, but not the feeling afterward. So mm-hmm. that that's how I it's love that's what's up i love the fact that you you know built this series and then now you're getting paid for your time which is always really important i noticed that you work with a lot of brands too david and well not i won't even say a lot you have a few that i I see a lot of (laughs) that's what it feels like like that one i see them i see ritual i see i think ford too right ford yeah so ford i am a i'm one of their ambassadors for at least the next couple of months. So we have like a six to seven month contract. And so it's just me as an interior designer creating content around why, you know, an interior designer needs a truck. So yeah. (laughs) You have, it looks like you have so much fun, but we also know that it is a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to get to the final product as far as... Yes, (laughs) yes, like your, your, do you mind sharing like some of your, you know, behind the scenes of how you create your content, your concepts, because it always feels... I know that joy is one of yours, like something that you live by. You're really trying to tap into as much joy as possible. And I always feel that with your content. So I want to know what's like some of the effort that goes into creating this vibrant, (laughs) fun content that you post on Instagram. Well, I will say like one, I definitely create from an... (laughs) I'll say a place of joy, but even when I'm not feeling my best, that's when I will create, I guess, even more just because I know that that's what it's going to take to get me back to my 100. And so Mm -hmm. as far as like behind the scenes, I will say that all of it is self-filmed. I film all of my videos. I edit all of my videos. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Everything is on my, my iPhone. And yeah, so the iCloud backup is something serious because I cannot lose that stuff. Yeah. And music and it influences me in so much, especially like with design, because being a synesthete or a chromesthete, how I basically experience color as I guess an easy way for me to say it, which is still not the easiest to understand, is that I see sound and hear color. And so music is very much a big factor. And so a lot of my videos are music based. And so I just 
like make a playlist or think about all of the songs that I may have listened to growing up. And I want Mocktail Mondays to always feel nostalgic for some reason. Or, you know, like, so I'll do like Tina Marie or I do have one coming up of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, Love exactly. That. We got two. And mm-hmm. I I don't know. I, I want it to always feel like a party because I feel that Mondays is like the day that one we already don't want to do because mm-hmm. Sunday we had fun or the weekend we had fun. So it's kind of like a nice extension. But any of my content, I want to make sure that it is a bright space in, yeah. in everything that is going on just because there's a lot going on. And if I'm going to have a platform, and especially if it's going to be brand involved, which they would amplify it, I want to make sure that I prioritize who I am, try to uplift my city, my community, but with everything being centered around joy, because I feel that that's what we need a lot more of. And so I have a colorful home. I will continue to create in there. So there we are. I love it. Okay, so I need to know more though, because yeah. the fact I need to know as far as like, are you batching? Like, what is your your planning process, your Ooh. shooting process? Because wow, I, I'm really taken aback the fact that you do this yourself. I had no idea. I'm thinking that there was like a team because there is so much involved in this. <laughs> so I thought you had a team kind of creating, um, helping you create this. So what does that look like as far as the pro- the planning process and the shooting? Ooh, I wish there was a team. It is me and this tripod. Now, I will say that like for one that I did with Walmart or one that I did for Lowe's, Jamie did help me like going into the store, my design assistant. So she did help me like going into the store. But like anytime that it is in my house, so, like even for that day when she left, I had to sell film. But yeah, it's still just me, the the tripod, Jamie and the phone. But as far as planning, since I already know that Mocktail Mondays is going to be a standing thing, I throughout the week... I will sit and be like, hey, what are some of the flavors that I have not discovered yet? What is the song? What is the outfit? Because I always want the outfit to coordinate. I know. Always and it does. The- and it, I'm telling you, there's so much intention here. I love this. Keep going. <laughs> yes. And so it's all because like, and I want to later maybe create like a larger experience that involves the design and fashion and mocktails oh, wow. and a playlist. I, I have it in my back pocket. And it's already like it has a a syllabus, basically. So I guess a little bit more on that to come. But I do want like the outfit to match the mocktail, the mocktail match the musical like colors that I hear. And I will write it down. It's usually in my I have like a separate pad for like content creation. And then anything else like if it's home, if it's not branded, it's usually me like showing just I guess there's really no. I guess planning to the non-branded content, it's more of, oh, well, let me show this because maybe I have not shown this or it's a different day. Maybe somebody else will see the content because we know how Instagram is doing. It'll show it one day. It won't show it the next. And so I just kind of create from the fly. I know that I have silos that I like. So it's going to be home, empowerment, something with, you know, like food and and beverage and then anything else in between stories that'll just be like where you get to know me even more outside of the posts yeah i love that so if you've been following me for a while you already know how much i love green juice 
But sometimes I don't feel like picking up the ingredients or I don't feel like cleaning out my juicer. I know y'all can relate. So on those days, I make sure that I grab AG1 from Athletic Greens. Shout out to them for partnering with me for this episode of the show. With one simple scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, and probiotics. It's the perfect way to start your day because it has a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, recovery, focus, energy, all of the things that we care about. And instead of taking a million different pills every day or different supplements, you just have everything you need in one simple scoop. I know you've been seeing AG1 all over the place, so I want to share with you my personal experience and why you should consider purchasing it yourself. My favorite part is the simplicity. I like that all I have to do is when I wake up in the morning, put my scoop in the shaker, put some cold water in there and some ice too, and I just shake it up for 20 seconds and then I just enjoy it that way. As far as the smell, it actually has a sweet smell to me, kind of tropical, and I will also describe that as the taste too. It's greens though, so it's not going to taste like a cinnamon roll in the morning. However, I feel like it has a pretty decent taste to it. When I drink it, it reminds me of pineapple and papaya. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash brownvegan. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash brownvegan to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. As always, I'm going to place the link for this in the show notes as well as the blog post to make it easy for you to click through. So when you're shooting, because I love how you always come into the shot and you're dancing, <laughs> is that several takes? Or are you just kind of just hopping in and just doing your thing? So let me see this. If I can break down what Mocktail Monday is as far as like filming and timing for filming and editing, it's four hours. And so I will film, let's see, probably like the dancing sequence of it for I'll dance the song twice. And then I will, if they're going to be like any instruments or anything like that, then I'll pick those up and do just one take dancing with those maybe for about a minute because I'm pretty sure that I've done a move in there that is different from the previous and I'll just think of concepts throughout the way. But if I'm going to be using any ingredients and they are throwable, then I'll go ahead and throw them or like pretend that I'm catching them, anything like that. And after this, I will go into like actually making the the mocktail. And that takes like the least amount of time. I was, I will say that this past mocktail Monday, I was able to get the recording process down to an hour and a half. Nice. And I will do that. I used to do, I will tell you this, used to do it Sunday night, record it after family dinner, edit it and finish editing about like three o'clock in the morning and then have everything ready to post by 8.59 in the morning. So, you like living on the edge. <laughs> I do, but I'm like, listen, life is taking a, a different turn now with more projects, design right. projects. And so like if I have, I will sec- section off um, Tuesdays and Thursdays for content creation. So if I don't have anything on that day, I need to already have my mocktail in place, like the recipe and everything, the outfit, have that finished or any other. I will try to batch it on those days and then create from there because I'm trying to get back to throwing at least a couple of photos in there. But 
you know, everything is video forward right now, but I do miss just regular photos. I, I miss Me that. too. I know. I miss that too. Yeah. It's a lot less time. Like I was thinking about the stress that I used to go under with like editing my, my what pictures. And I'm like, that, that took nothing compared to the videos. But then yeah, the editing process or the videos, I will say an additional two hours just because I have to have everything on the beat downbeat and then make sure that I'm playing enough with the lyrics of the song, with the ingredients and or the instruments that I use. Wow. Yes, this is a whole production. And I absolutely love it, especially when you include your parents. I love to yes. see them in the video. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was saying, well, hopefully the next one for Ford, they they will make an appearance as well, because that's that'll be my mm-hmm. grand finale. Okay. Why does Instagram call your mom management? I call her management just because, and now like everyone else is like, hey, well, there's management. So it's a thing because bless her. Someone came up to her in the store the other day and they were like, oh my God, I know you. And she was like, and they need to watch it because Trish is uh, tough when you first meet her. She's like, no, you don't. You're mistaking me. Goodbye. And I'm like, oh, Ooh. my God. I was watching it from afar. And I'm like, no, you can't be like that. They were like, no, you're management. And she was like, Lord, do you follow my son? And so, <laughs> and then from there, they were laughing. I was like, good. I can go into this interaction now. But I call her management just because mom was my assistant before, like, anyone else. And so... The thing is, going back just a little bit, my parents used to be the ones, and just a year ago, so not that long, we would do the installs together. So, like, dad was the handyman, mom would be one who's managing the install, making sure that we had all of our tools, all of the instruments, all of the pillows, everything that was needed to make sure that the install was done on that day. And so, from there, like, anything with accounting, she did it. Like, she would have all of the books kept before we pulled off the driveway of the client that we did the install for. So that's how she gained that name management. And since then, like, and I guess too, since I don't, me and my mom are on a first name basis and I will refer to her a lot by that. And she just doesn't want anyone else to use it. That's, you know, like unfamiliar because like some people will come up and be like, Hey Trish. And she's like, I don't remember going to school with you. Do not talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like, let me just stick with management then or mom. But then, you know, she doesn't, she loves people. But then like, I guess the first interaction being too familiar, she's like, wait a minute. (laughs) How do I know you and why are you here? (laughs) So yeah, that's how she ended up being management. Okay. That is so interesting because I really want to know now about how you got into interior design. Like what, I guess because you're so creative, <laughs> that that alone is, is how you got into it. But how long have you been doing this and whatever you want to share about it? Yeah. So that's actually what I went to school for. Oh, okay. Yeah. So out of all the things, because I switched my major from public relations to architecture. And then once I was like, there's too much math in architecture, let me go to what I unknowingly went into had just as about as much math. But I feel that interior design matched more of my personality because it's less, it's not less technical. I just, I don't know. It's always been in me. So like growing up, my dad, other than being, so his main profession, he was a truck driver. But on the weekends mm-hmm. during the day, we would do projects. We would do, he was a carpenter on the weekends. And then by night, of course, he is still a musician. And so, and like, I guess fast forward to modern day, dad still does some of my installs. He even is getting ready to do some wallpaper for me. But I was always around it. And then my grandmother used to keep me and like, I would see her reset her home every season. And whenever there were what would be a paint color that she didn't like, 
or she needed and could not find it in the store, she would buy acrylics and like the base white color and make her own paints. And so wow. I saw how she transformed rooms and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is what I love. So I always used to use my room as my, my palette. And it got to the point to where my parents are like, the next time that you paint, your room will be in your own house. <laughs> so yeah, by like 11, again, I learned, I learned to cook, but I also learned how to put up crown molding, learn how to wow. put up fences, things like that. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to school for this. This is my thing. And I ended up graduating thinking that I was going to get the internship that I had worked on. And lady told me, she was like, well, you did a very good job. However, I just don't think that my clientele rubbing her skin is used to your people. And I was like, well, okay. And since she did at that time have like a little bit extra power in the city of Memphis as far as design, I erroneously reasoned that, you know what? Well, if she feels this way, clearly other designers in the community are going to feel that way. Maybe I bit off too much, you know, like more than I can chew. Let me just dip out. And that started like my Zumba career because I was like, well, since I'm into health, I love dancing. Let me do that. So I taught that full time and then ended up moving to the nonprofit and then corporate sector. And just in 2018, did I quit my corporate job and was like, I never gave me a chance. And so other than managing my jewelry business, which started in 2004, I had my own studio downtown, well, in downtown Memphis, Mm -hmm. all that I needed to spruce it up a bit. And so I'd use that as like the first design project, I'll say. But then because I was producing jewelry there, there was a store, there is a store here called Stock and Bell, knew the owner. She was like, hey, why don't you come and sell your jewelry here? And I was like, great, that's a start. That'll get me from point A to point B, you know, like now that I just quit this job where I had 401k. But then oh, wow. I, I know it was it was decided I needed it. I thought I was going to get my hairline back, but we all know what happened. But anyway, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like that was again for my health. My, my doctor was like, listen, if you can quit that job, please do. Because like I had to wear a heart monitor by the end of that job. Wow. So wow. it was doing too much. But no, I saw that she had an interior design program at the store that she needed to build out. And I was like, well, this is what I went to school for. How about we try some things? And so helped her build that out and was the interior designer and stylist for the store, but also offered interior design services from the store. So I had clientele. We worked on Airbnbs, did some commercial work. But then, of course, the pandemic hit and I wasn't going into the offices or into the store as much. So it's basically a lifestyle store. So imagine a local version of Urban Outfitters or Anthropology. And so during that time, during the pandemic, I was like, well, you know what? Well, we're staring in it. But at the beginning of the pandemic, I used my home as my platform because just in 2019, my Instagram page was very much fitness focused. It's nothing but fitness selfies. And so I was like, well, David, you're more than that. So let's okay. show people what you went to school for and just like be bopping around the house. And in 2020, like, so 2019 had a roster of my clients. I quit that job because, or like right at 2020, I quit the job because I wasn't going into the office, didn't know, you know, like what the pandemic was going to happen, like anything like that. And I had virtual clients. And so in October 6th of 2020 is when I really started Concept 417 and being an independent designer. And I got my first feature with Real Simple in 2021. 
And here we are. Here you are. And I love to see it. Oh, my goodness. What are some of your favorite projects that you have worked on or that you look forward to doing? Ah, I will say, and I feel bad because it's like, how do you tell one of your children that they're the favorite? But- well, okay, let's say this then. What is the, What are your favorite types of projects? Like, what do you like to really, what gets you really excited when you are offered something that you are like, okay, I'm, I'm going to knock this out. This is going to be good. This is going to be fun. Well, one, I think that, well, I'm glad that my perspective has changed. Like when I get a design project, it's not like, oh my God, can I do it? Like I've already, one thing I had to battle and because now I did go to school for interior design. However, I never ended up getting the certification because one, I had to go back to school for that. And then two, like after like that discouragement, that initial discouragement from my internship, I was like, well, then what is the point? So why am I even doing this? And so I had to battle that, I guess, imposter syndrome of, well, I'm not certified, so I'm not real. But then I looked back at the roster of projects that I had. It's like, "Mm -mm -mm, no, never mind. We're not even going to live that. It is not necessary or a requirement anymore, especially with all of the Instagram interior designers. And not saying that in a negative way. It's just like it became a thing. Mm -hmm. And so... Once I think I did the apartment therapy project with Small Cool, and that was in 2021, I was like, you know what? I think I can do away with that whole imposter syndrome thing because that was completely virtual. But now, as far as projects, the one thing that I was running away from, which was commercial, I swore off in school, I would never do it. I love commercial projects. They seem really profitable too. <laughs> they seem like they would be. <laughs> oh, they are. They they are. And I'm saying that in a good way, but then you're like, you still have, I will say you may have the same or run into the same issues because you're having to still deal with budgets, but a larger budget, however, more people controlling one budget mm. has to pass through like a board or if they have like a financial team, then it's like some of those approvals. Whereas, you know, you go to a partnership, like a couple and they're like, mm, no, well, this is the money that I have. This is money I don't have. We're not even going to worry about it. Boom, done. So there are those different things. But as far as like the change that I'm able to affect, that's why I love commercial projects because you get a chance to create an experience for more people. Yeah, I love that. I love it. You have to give me some tips and, and our listeners too, because I am someone who loves beautiful spaces like yours. I, your home is absolutely beautiful to me. Like I know that I would instantly feel comfortable going in there. You have all the plants and the mm-hmm. art. It just looks really nice. The colors are amazing. I am someone who always lives in with white walls. I I love beautiful spaces, but I don't know how to do it for myself. What some or What are some of the things that people like me can do to just make our space look more inviting? I would say the first thing, I mean, other than the obvious plants, bringing in life into any type of space. If you love color but are afraid to commit to maybe painting all of your walls, the ceilings or anything like that, start bringing color in through artwork, through accessories. I mean, in my house, a majority, I guess in the main portion of the house, like in the living room, the walls are white. But I later... Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Uh-uh. I got, now I got to go look. Because <laughs> I don't get that, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just so much color everywhere else, but yes. the walls are white. And okay. That, yeah, that actually came from, because I will say when I lived in my house the first time, because I ended up doing a residency and then came mm-hmm. back to my house. And so in the residency, I had all white walls because it was an art-focused residency. 
they were wanting to curate the environment of it being a gallery. And so when mm-hmm. I came back into my home, I was like, you know what? I like that. So let me paint all the walls white, all of them, and then just layer in all of the colors that I wanted to through the artwork. So I would buy bigger pieces of artwork, or since I am still in the um, creative community, anytime that I would get or do, what are these, like the pop-ups, I would get art from my fellow artists. And so that was a way for me to bring in color. Then the different greens of the different plants, that was another way. Then through like accessories, which are low commitment, and that's one thing that I will always like, I guess, advocate for, pillows. Low commitment, you can get them from Ikea, you can switch them out. Like the covers are probably what, the most $20. And so if you don't like it, change it, fold it up, you can change them seasonally. And so, yeah, I will always start with the white base, layer in personality through art. And then if, you know, you want to commit a little bit more with the color and furniture, then do that. And do pattern play. The One of the tips for pattern play, because people used to feel, I think, that you can't mix patterns. But when you mix patterns, do a bold print with a more subtle print. You're still mixing patterns, but it's a way for you to layer on different, I guess, depths of personality in your home. I love this. Oh my goodness. I just keep saying it because I just love everything you're saying. <laughs> you have to tell me though, like, what did you do to stop? What did you do to start stepping into your greatness? Because especially when you shared a story about after the internship feeling, you know, a little defeated when that situation, and I'm sure you've had other inc- incidents in your life that has made you, like you said, had the imposter syndrome, made you second guess a lot, maybe your life and decisions. How did you start to be able to really live a life? Because I think you posted on Instagram a few weeks ago or something like this about freedom, happiness, and joy. Mm-hmm. And I loved it when I read that. I was like, yes. Like, how did you start stepping into that for yourself? Like, what did that look like? I would say my my dad kind of prepared me for this when I was little because like he's an artist as well, very much a creative. And so he was like, this is going to be the world how... We, I remember this talk specifically. He's like, this is how you may experience the world. I want to prepare you for it, but know how great you are. Know that you see the world differently and you're going to move in this world in a different way. And so with that in mind, make sure that you stay empowered. Make sure that you stay happy. And so I kind of use that as a basis for when I am feeling those moments of, you know what, maybe I'm not good enough or what's wrong? Why am I not achieving this? It's like, nope, nope, not at all, because you don't give power to those thoughts, even though it's super easy to. But for me, it was just that, one, you don't want to do everything that everyone else is doing, because that just doesn't, I don't know. For me, it's never been that thing. Coming from a student who fought the school uniforms, the whole school district, um, and won my case. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Oh, and Did I you won. Yeah, I won. Uh, they probably just got tired of me is why I won. But like, I remember going to the board and presenting my cases and be like, well, this uniform is not going to work because if this is your end solution, you're not getting into it by uniforms. And plus, I already bought all these clothes, so not going to happen. But <laughs> I've always kind of marched to the beat of my own drum. And I think that more people are or have been afraid to do so. So I'm just using this time now that I have to champion those to get out your whole drum set and beat those. 
And so for me, it's just been like, show people the beauty that you see in life and maybe it will awaken a bit of beauty in their lives as well and give them what they need to continue. So. Yes. I love the way we're ending this. This has been such a pleasure, David. Thank you so much for your time. Continue to spread the love, the joy, the happiness, the freedom on all of your platforms. You have to tell us how we could follow you on Instagram and anything else you want to share that you have coming up or you're looking forward to. Take it away. Well, I do thank you first and foremost for the time and for asking me to do this because I used to be super nervous on interviews anyway. But <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. But as far as Instagram, my name David.quarles, IV or the fourth. My website is the same thing, DavidQuarles the fourth.com. On YouTube, yes, I do have that and I need to do a little bit more love on it, but same thing, David Quarles the fourth. And even on TikTok, David Quarles the fourth. So if you have my Instagram, I have everything yeah. under it. And any projects that I have coming up. I'm waiting on the like final yes for a larger restaurant that we're supposed to be starting soon and an ambassadorship that I'm waiting on that I will say I may be, may in asterisks, be the Bob Villa of a brand, but the David Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We shall see. Yes. Well, sending so much love and more prosperity and all of the good things to you because I really appreciate you. You bring so much joy to my page every time I'm I'm on a feed and I'm like, okay, I know Mondays I'll see David at least at least on Mondays. One, I know you say you went to bi-weekly, but I just enjoy you so much and I just thank you for sharing your joy with us. No, of course. And I will always stick to my schedule of Monday, Wednesday, Friday. May surprise you with a post on Saturday. We don't know. But yes, I will always stick to that schedule because I think that it's important to be present. And with so much going on so many days that if I can contribute at least three days of of joy, you know, like living on a feed, then that's what I want to do. Love it. Thank you so much again for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to make it easy for others to find us. Also, tell a friend. Be sure to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag Brown Vegan. Thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you next week.